Hey folks, are you in NYC for Pride? You need to come see a live taping of If These Ovaries Could Talk, If So. This show is in partnership with WNYC at The Green Space, and the special guest is stand-up comic Jessica Kirsten. She is amazing. You need to see this. The show is on June 10th at 7 p.m. For tickets, go to ovariestalk.com and click the live events button. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We are happy to have them on board. Yes, we are. Woohoo! <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome to If These Ovaries Could Talk. Hi, guys. I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. We're your hosts. And as always, we have, oh my God, like we we have like almost a continuation of last week this week. We do. We last do. week this week. It's like last- a John Oliver title. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, but it's a continuation because last week we spoke with a woman who works Sheila at the Sheila from uh, Graham, the Sheila, Graham Agency. Who we love. And this week it's a couple who actually fostered. Yes. So we wanted to say before we get into it, mm-hmm. so obviously we post the episode on Facebook in our communities and other LGBTQ groups mm-hmm. to try to like get the word out about the podcast, but also to share with people who want to hear this, right? And, you know, we posted that we were dispelling the myth that LGBTQ people can't foster. Right. And I got a little flack for my posting um, from someone named James Finn, which I appreciate. Yeah. Thank you, James. Yeah. James said, here's, here was his point. His quote was that LGBTQ people are practically excluded from fostering and adopting in some parts of the U.S. is a fact, not a myth. I think your post is irresponsible in not acknowledging that. You shouldn't be calling reality a myth, though I am certainly all in with your efforts to encourage fostering. So, and, mm-hmm. you know, thanks, James. It's a good point. It's you know, a valid, very valid we're point. We're a little in the bubble here in New York. And, yeah. you know, I mean, we did only speak to the one agency who is obviously very open to LGBTQ folks. But right. uh, what we're hearing from you is it's not that way for everyone. The rest of the, I actually also just saw a post in one of the lesbian communities that I'm mm-hmm. a part of on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I didn't comment on it. I wanted to, but I didn't. What did they say? They said they had just had their first discriminatory experience. Um, in foster care? In foster care. They had just gotten married. They were excited. They wanted, they've always wanted to foster. And I don't remember where they were. I feel like it was Texas, but they said that they, she was on the phone with a foster agency just asking about how to get started. And the woman asked, well, what does your husband do? And she Mm -hmm. said, well, actually my wife, blah, blah, blah. And then the lady on the other end of the phone got very tight lipped and it got very awkward. And then basically the conversation ended. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, so it is there. It's not easy everywhere. Yeah. But then we have Crystal and our angels episode from season two. Mm -hmm. They were in a very small town in Texas and they were very out about being LGBTQ and they had a great experience. So I guess it's maybe agency by agency and it's yeah. Like check, check the agencies by you and see. Um, so we, we still have a long way to come. Yeah. The fight's not over. So thanks for that. It's a good point. Yeah. It's really good to hear that. um, Cause you you know, know, sometimes we're putting things out in like our bubble and it's nice to hear that as well. Mm -hmm. So So. yeah. Thanks for that. Anywho, you know what is coming up in three weeks, Jamie? What though? Um, What? What's coming up in three Hmm. weeks? Is it our live show at the Green Space? People, get the tickets now. If you guys have not gotten your tickets Mm -mm, yet, I'm very disappointed in you. (laughs) You just got all mom like there. I did. I told You're going to have a consequence. I was disappointed in them this weekend. If I get home tonight and there are not some tickets bought, I mean, there I, will be consequences. <laughs> there will be no more screen time. We we <laughs> told our kids that we were disappointed in them because they didn't acknowledge Mother's Day for either one of us after both of us separately told them, oh. like, guys, just even if you just say, I'll listen to you today, that would have been the greatest gift. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, I think thanks. I went a little hard though. Like Maxine was crying. I was like, Oops. oh, I was like, just turn it around. It's seven thirty in the morning. Just be good. <laughs> we had it. We had it. Yeah, it was it's our Mother's hard. Day. Mother's Day is hard. Crappy. Oh man, it rained all day too. So, Woo. all right. Well, three weeks to our show. Get the tickets. Go to ovariestalk.com and there's like a little tab. You just click in there. It says live show, and you can get your tickets there. Yeah, make this part of your Pride. Yes, um, events. It's Pride Month, June in mm-hmm. New York. It's World, World Pride, Pride June. World Pride. <laughs> All right. Part two of foster care. We're talking to Jess and Holly, a couple who fostered, and they had a little bit of a, a tough road. So so yeah. we're going to hear, we heard a lot of the good stuff last week, the support from Graham, but now we're going to hear like some of the reality. Should, should reality. we bring them in? Which is which is highs and lows. Yeah, highs it's and not, lows. You know, and they're beautiful. Oh, let's share it, right? <laughs> Everything I say gets weird to you. Robin. A little bit. Can we well, just bring like, them in? I think they'll appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Jess and Holly. Hi, Hi there. Hey, oh my gosh, going? welcome. Welcome. <laughs> we are so excited to you have really you guys are. here. So ladies, we start everybody with the elevator pitch. And like, up, like if you were riding the elevator with someone, how would you uh, tell about you your family very little while time. in the elevator? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm going to get off of the And each of you time. has to do, do it. Okay. Your own. Okay. All right, who's oh, okay. going first? Okay. <laughs> oh, um, so I am Jessica Sydney Jackson. Mm-hmm. I used to be an actress and I am terrified of the mic all of a sudden and (laughs) I've been for over 20 years since my time on the mic. So I became a speech therapist Mm -hmm. and met the beautiful Holly Smeltzer (laughs) (laughs) during a fight. We were arguing. Mm -hmm. Sweet. What were you guys arguing about? Uh, Space. Because I was- Personal space? Oh, no. (laughs) I wouldn't argue about that with that one. (laughs) I mean, she's a looker. We were arguing over space because I was uh, working with kids, putting on performances. Uh And her, at the time, she was the site director of the after-school program. And they were fighting for the same space. You were like, I have the gym on Tuesday at four. (laughs) You're right. It was the gymatorium. Of course. It's always the gym. It's the gym. The gymatorium in our case. Was it a school in the city? No, in Brooklyn. Uh Yes, in Brooklyn. Uh Uh-huh. Also, I've never heard gymatorium before. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, it becomes yeah, it totally an auditorium is. when they set up the folding chairs. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still called a gym. <laughs> okay, right. so you were arguing over space you met and you fell in love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and quickly. Yeah, well, not so quickly. I had to I had to wear her down a little. And, <laughs> and then we went on a first date. Yes. I'm not trying to steal, steal no, your time. No, no, we went on a first date. Well, I thought it was a first date. She oh. did not necessarily <laughs> think it was a first date. That's true. Oh. Yeah. You were just trying to get but the gym space. By, by the end of the <laughs> evening, we both, we yeah. know. Yeah. Because oh. you're making out. <laughs> yeah. Well, almost. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Well, you yet. took it slow for lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> they had moved in, but they had not made out. <laughs> exactly. Right. We already planned our whole future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you know, kids and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then we kissed. Um, <laughs> yeah, so then we moved in together, really. As our older daughter says, I think Holly came over one time and then never left, <laughs> yeah, which was the real lesbian way to do it. Yeah, and so we just started our, our family after that. How did you start your family? Well, I have a, a 13-year-old daughter, 14-year-old daughter. <laughs> oh, my God. A 14-year-old daughter. That you had PBS. when you were 16. Because you, look, <laughs> you don't, I don't like even you understand have a 13-year-old this. Daughter. So, so generous. So she was from a previous relationship, mm-hmm. and she lives with her mom. Okay. And... Hal and I started to talk about 
being foster parents, hoping to adopt. And that's how it happened. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have to hear Holly's version. Oh, oh, sorry. Holly's version. That was a very long elevator pitch. I'm sorry about that. Every story. She's been sitting so patiently. (laughs) She's like, I'd like a turn, please. I feel like she really wants to chime in here. So about the gymatorium. Um, <laughs> it was your space, wasn't it? Well, it turns out it was my space, but only for like two bucks a day. Um, so it got it got a little heated in the principal's <laughs> office. <laughs> oh my god! No, but but really, I've always wanted to adopt, and we just talked about how you know we wanted to to have our family non traditionally, right. and adoption was always away and we decided to foster which was a pretty crazy thing to do what made you decide to foster like instead of going the traditional i mean i guess more well, traditional of adoption well just adoption is as public almost public servants adoption is out of our budget range yes oh, yeah got it. so we decided I, I guess we decided to try fostering to adopt, but not just fostering to adopt, but fostering to also help grow our family and help support our community. Right. Right. So it's, it's amazing. Good people. So which we're, we just recertified for our fourth year uh, or third year? I think third, third year. year. I think third, third year. Our third year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we, to kind of like speed up a little bit, once we decided we were going to foster, <laughs> we went to an ACS foster fair right uh-huh. or yeah it was like a fair exactly we wanted to know what the process was how do you find which agency to go with just all of it we we didn't know anything and we walked in looking the way we look except Holly used to like you know do her hair up much higher <laughs> and my hair yeah oh, did you have a little higher. faux hawk you had a little faux hawk action I, yeah I a little kind of faux hawk a little this a little that yeah yeah you can pull that off I, I had to like yeah. tame it down a little bit <laughs> so we walked in there and it was very traditional looking, you know, moms and dads mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. I think the most like untraditional or non-traditional looking person there was like a, a grandmother, you know, figure. Oh, there, there who was wanted like a to, grandma. Yeah, there were some like single parents there who wanted to uh-huh. find out some information. But then we walked in and we looked at each other and immediately like, there is no chance anyone's going to talk to us. Oh, wow. Were you over. nervous going in about the gay thing? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we figured, let's just see what happens. You know, at least we can say at least we tried. Did right. you know any other LGBTQ families who are fostering? Like, Or you were just like... Not here. Yeah, not here. Our friends in Seattle mm-hmm. do, but... Mm-hmm. So you weren't sure if and, it would fly. Yeah, and yard. we didn't even know that the agencies had to be LGBTQ affirming. Like we didn't even know that that- That's a yeah, thing. That was a right. thing. Right. Right. Huh. So we walked in and we watched the whole pitch, the whole video, and we were sitting on these really beautiful chairs, really comfy. Believe it or not, we were surprised by the chairs. That really surprised us. <laughs> like, That's the second time leather? you brought the chairs up. So. <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? Are these leather? Um, so, and eventually they took away the beautiful chairs and oh. they said, okay, now- Mingle. Oh, yeah. Try to find an, an agency to sign up with. And there were all of these tables set up. And 
and Holly and I were like, oh man, this is so oh, overwhelming. So and we started too. laughing because <laughs> everyone was lined up. They, they they looked so prepared. Like they really knew who they wanted to they sign up. They knew where like, to go. Yeah, they knew. And we didn't know. And I could just see you too, like standing in the middle of the we, room. Exactly. And I have you in my head holding like one of those giveaway bags. You know, those like duffles. <laughs> it's like an adoption agency and you're both like. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It got like much. competitive. And I was, we were like, okay, look, we're just mm-hmm. trying to talk to people yeah. and get to know like mm-hmm. what the agencies are about right. and, and the you know, process. Yeah. I think more than anything, yeah. we really just wanted to know the process yeah. and what the chances would be. But as we were standing there, just whispering to each other and laughing because we were so nervous <laughs> and we were thinking, what are we doing here? What the hell are we doing here? Someone from Catholic charities were girl. <laughs> <laughs> hey girl, <laughs> you sweeties need to come over here. We're like, what? Is wow. that guy talking to us from Catholic Charities? <laughs> Catholic Charities. This is, you're like, you're like you know we're together. Right? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then someone came over and said, no, they're coming to us next. They're coming to us first. Oh. And <laughs> so everybody wants the gay. Yeah. Everyone wanted the gay. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted the two moms. Did you get any situation? sense? Yes. Was it the two moms thing? Or did you get any sense of just you seem sad? Well, <laughs> <laughs> they felt bad for us. They're like, come you on, come maybe someone us. needs to adopt the two of you. Um... You know what? Over time, we we found out that they really love the gays Mm -hmm. and they really need the gays. And why is that? Well, we found out that a lot of kids are actually kicked out of their homes because they identify, uh, right? Right. Or because even if they're questioning, you know, even if they're not really sure themselves, Mm -hmm. um, if they are exploring who they are and their identity, they very often are chastised or they're abused into conforming Mm -hmm. or um, just kicked out. Even in New York City. Even in New York City. It's just something you don't think, but obviously, of course, there's all walks of people here, you know, all walks of life. So yeah, they, they wanted us and we were surprised. But also I think during the process, I realized as we've had kiddos come and stay with us that the kids are really used to a non-traditional mm-hmm. life. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so many of the kids mm-hmm. come to us and unfortunately we've had a couple of kids who have had multiple homes. So for them, they've stacked up the amount of moms they've had, you right. know, in their You're mind, they've more. had five, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. In their mind, they've had six moms, five moms. Ugh. So to say you're going to a home with two moms is right. We actually had one kiddo come with us and she was really attached to her mom right before us. By the time she came to us, we were the fifth home in a two-year span. Yeah, two years. Oh, my God. She had been to five home when she came to us. We were thinking, man, what a shocker. She lived in this gorgeous apartment in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a beautiful apartment. And the mom was very nice. And she came to us. And as we got to know her, she became a little bit more comfortable. We asked her, so... How did you feel when you found out you were coming to a home with two moms? Did that make you nervous? She said, no. But when I heard you had a dog, <laughs> now that, <laughs> that, that's what got her. She's like, yes, a home with a dog. Oh, that she, was the oh, thing that got her. Yeah. yeah, she didn't care that there were two moms. Also, the kids themselves are pretty much non-traditional, right? Right. Yep. I mean, just when they're sitting in the classrooms, they have a story like no one else yeah. has. Yep. So for them... Having two moms, I mean, for some of them, like the they're craving. Their yeah. yeah. And yeah. and so many of them are craving mothers. You right. know, they, yeah. they, you they want so much. Home. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's why the agencies really, really love having the gays. Yeah. That's you know? good to know. They yeah. do. Well, going back to, to the know. fair, like, how did you narrow down an agency? You wandered about and then 
just you didn't, maybe didn't pick one there because clearly you were you were well liked in demand. That's what <laughs> you know we we actually did pick one there. Oh, you did? Yeah, we. So I actually work for a foster care agency, oh. but oh. I work in like a youth development program. Mm-hmm. So okay. I don't work with, with the foster care department except for to make referrals and that type of stuff. But we just kind of mingled around the tables and got pulled back and forth. (laughs) And we eventually ended up settling with the agency that we settled with. And I think that really what it came down to was talking to the person who was at the table. Right. Because, you know, for us, connections and talking Mm -hmm. really is a lot and like the intuition and... We hadn't really done a lot of research on the different organizations before we got there. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of really banking on the interactions that we had. And we felt like whoever was presenting was a representation of the agency. Right. Yeah. And we just really connected. And we still we still really connect and really appreciate the lady who, yeah. I guess, onboarded us. Shout out to Ann Reed. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Robin, mm-hmm. we talk a little bit about therapy on this podcast. <laughs> a little bit. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And what stops you from getting help, Robin? I mean, so, so many reasons. No, but <laughs> honestly, it's it. just, it's really hard to find someone. Mm-hmm. And then I've got to find the time to schedule it. And it's like, you know, when you're already in like not a great place emotionally, I think those are things that can just make it too much to navigate. You know what I'm saying? No, I know. I do. I do. But, and we've talked about that. Um, yeah. But also we have a new sponsor. Better help. Right. And it's basically online therapy, which is like what you're all about. Love, love better help. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's such a fabulous idea Mm -hmm. to be able to sign up online, which we know I love, but then Mm -hmm. they get like a snapshot of what's going on with me. And then they match me up with a licensed professional therapist. And basically within a day, I could start chatting with a a therapist. Mm -hmm. Like that's huge. It really is. And I think it's also really important just to clarify that BetterHelp isn't a crisis line or a self-help group, which I can't Mm -hmm. handle. Mm -hmm. It's actually professional counseling that you can do securely online. I think, and Mm -hmm. we know this about me, that the online part is like revolutionary. I know, I know. I mean, I could do meetings online. I can call my family on a video chat. Mm -hmm. Like why not therapy? Mm -hmm. And then there's no like hour to commute or that like awkward wait in the lobby. Right. Right. Are you going in there? Awkward wait. I hate that wait in the lobby. (laughs) No, you do. But listen, I just really appreciate that they have a ton of all these different counselors with all different types of expertise. So Mm -hmm. the cool thing is you can say that you want someone who specials in LGBTQ issues or is LGBTQ friendly. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. And another cool feature that you can use like with your online account, you could send a message to your counselor mm-hmm. and then that you can get a timely and thoughtful response. And that's like in addition to being able to schedule weekly video and phone sessions. Mm-hmm. Like that's awesome. And BetterHelp is committed to helping you find the right counselor. So if you start off with someone and the vibe is just not right, which, Ugh, which totally happens, right? You can easily change mm-hmm. and get this. It's free. Amazing. I know. And their prices also, get this, are cheaper than regular in-office therapists. And what? There's they more? have financial aid. Ugh. Jamie, it's, it's like BetterHelp wants you to get help. I know. I'm just saying. I know. I think we all need it. So, But anyone out there who thinks they'd like to find someone to talk to, just visit betterhelp.com slash OCT and you could join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And our listeners get 10% off your first month if you visit betterhelp.com slash OCT. Do it. Get it.
So I have a question. When you were talking about the kiddos coming in and then going out, do you get to say, I would like something more permanent or something more short, or you (laughs) just get- She's laughing. (laughs) Holly's laughing. (laughs) (laughs) So when we first started fostering, we, thankfully, our friends in Seattle- told us that we need to have like a list of questions that we have to, that we need to ask. Mm -hmm. Like things that might be red flags for our family. We also promised our daughter Suki that we would never have anyone in our home that was older than her. Because she wants to be the boss. You know, that'd be kind of rough to have somebody come in older than her. She's 13. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of, we had a list of things that we asked just making sure that our- Like meaning like like requirements almost. So so for example, if I could give one- So because we have a dog, Mm -hmm. it's really important to us that we have a kiddo that doesn't have a history of hurting animals. Okay, got it. Got it. So just boundaries, really. So, yep, we just go down the list and ask things, anything from like medications to allergies. So... So hard to think of everything, right? How do you make that list? I bet you add to the list over time, right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. We had a list and then we just kept kept adding to it whenever we would get calls. But typically they yeah. only have answers to maybe if we're lucky, half of the answers, right, right. the questions on the list, because right. they don't know full history. A kid just came into care right. last night at midnight and Ugh. they call us at like, you know, eight thirty in the morning. They're like, can you take this kid? And it just, it happens pretty quickly. So it's really hard and we can ask questions like, you know, is the kid, legally freed in the state, which means that they would be able to be up for adoption soon. Mm -hmm. But most of the kids who are in care aren't, and they're not on track. And especially now with the Family First Prevention Services Act that was passed last February. Like, talk to us about, we don't know what that is. Okay, so. We we just learned about it ourselves. And I just know because I just, I'm in grad school, so I just wrote a paper about it. Oh, good. So you can really (laughs) give us the lowdown. So basically it is, working to keep kids in the home mm-hmm. rather like through like parent skill building mm-hmm. and more like heavy duty preventive services mm-hmm. so that the kiddos can stay in their home. Even if there are drugs present, they oh. will still oh. work to keep the kids in the home, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm just talking about it and not really saying what I agree with. So the preventive services, but then also there's like another half of it that talks about just like group homes and like long-term treatment facilities, right. but aren't the, they moving away from group homes? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. So that is like a huge part of it. And the, most of the bill is talking about like the funding streams and just like states will get funded in an easier way if they keep kids in the home. So basically getting rewarded in some way for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard cause it's like you want to, you would want the parents to get help so that they could ha- keep their kids because right. I mean that's going to be best. But it's like there's drugs in the home, right? I feel like it's it's multi tiered. I think in part it's because they don't have enough foster homes mm-hmm. for the kiddos, and the nationwide the move is towards reunification always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So instead of removing the kiddo from home and then placing them with a foster family. And then maybe another foster family and another and another just to put them back in their birth home. And then it's just so traumatic. Really, it's so traumatic to see all of the moves. It gets to a point where some of the kids are just, it's so hard to kind of penetrate that wall. of Yeah, because they're like, how long am I going to be here with you? Right, Mm -hmm. exactly. So even though it, it makes me crazy, the idea of how many opportunities 
the birth parents have when, I mean, I don't know if that was the right or wrong thing to say. Okay, let me just put it out there like that and say it for real. I don't know if that's right, right or wrong. Uh-huh. But, but but the truth is, like, if, I, if I'm going to keep it funky here, they, they get a lot of opportunities, mm-hmm. so many, because the courts really want the reunification to happen. And mm-hmm. we understand it because there's so much attachment there, yeah. right? But the idea of the kids leaving is so traumatic and then leaving the families that they come to know, mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking. It sure. really is heartbreaking. You so you got your license, right? You're yeah. ready to foster, and then and then what? And then what happened? You know? So we got we wait. Yeah, we, we waited. Home, right? We we got a call that we did not take these kiddos, right? And it turned out to be like a really tragic. We just had a, a weird feeling just about mm-hmm. the situation, and we said no. That and was our was, first. It call. was more than one. It was well, siblings. Yeah, yeah. there were mm-hmm. two kiddos, a one-year-old and a two-year-old. And we we said no just because we just didn't really feel just something just didn't feel right. And one of the the sweet babies ended up passing away <gasps> after right after she went into a foster home. Oh my goodness! And it just like. I mean, oh. like we we still think mm-hmm. about that all the and talk about that moment and just that could have been with you, yeah. yeah. Oh. But after that, we were like, okay, so let's just see what happens. We'll we'll kind of take it as it comes. And then we got a call for an eight month old baby, mm-hmm. and we said yes right away. Yeah, we we just knew right we, away. We threw out that list of questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even know her name. We said yes. Because when they call we, you, they don't tell you very much. They just say, yeah, I have know. an eight-month-old. Right. You Needs don't know. Right away. Right. And so you ask the gender, the age, because you have to make sure you're certified for whatever age or oh. gender oh, that right. they um, are trying to place. And then that's it. You don't know the ethnicity. You don't know the uh, religious background. You don't know mm-hmm. anything unless you ask. But we just said yes. We didn't, And then as we were about to hang up, oh, wait. What's her name? We didn't even know. <laughs> who, who should we be accepting with open arms? Because we didn't know when we were so ready for uh-huh. anyone to come. So from yeah. the moment when you say yes, how quickly does that baby come to you? She came to us the next day. Yeah. We I said like yes it's usually night. like a, a day almost. She had a situation. She was at another foster home before mm. she came to us and she got hurt. So they were... And just making sure that she was okay. So mm-hmm. she went to the hospital. So she ended up coming the next afternoon. And it was pretty much my biggest work day of the entire year, <laughs> our spring festival. It always, oh, the welcome to parents. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Welcome to Of course mom. it was. <laughs> it really was. So, so I went, Jess waited. And, and then we spent some time with her and she took a nap. And that's when you left for the festival. Wow. What a flurry, right? Yeah, I know. All I remember is a minivan pulling up and them turning around and pulling this beautiful, beautiful baby out of a minivan and just literally falling in love in that exact moment and just grabbing her. And seriously, I can't, just the amount of love that came into my body and my heart in that moment was just I can't describe it. Meant to be. You were on the right path. It was pretty amazing. What's her name? Bella. Bella. Yeah, which is so perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Bella. Yeah. Sweet Bella. And so when they handed her to you, what was she like? You know, a feather. She was eight months old, but she was like swimming in a onesie that was for one, uh, zero to three months. (gasps) She was swimming in it. She was only 13 pounds, super duper light huge eyes. Oh. She was so like welcoming. She came to us without crying. Wow. And the two of us 
as, as, yeah, we're as we start tearing up and she just came right to us but she it was so sad she didn't know how to respond to her name oh. or anything she was just so willing you know and so that was the first moment and then we introduced ourselves to the people who brought her because we didn't <laughs> right. know. Yeah, you're like, it's give like, give me that baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How long do they stay with you? Are they just like, here's the baby, beep, beep, and they take off or do they just sit with you for a little bit? <laughs> Bye, guys. Good work. You got this. <laughs> yeah. You did the training, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> um, they don't stay too long. They no. they come in and like check to see where she's going to sleep. Even mm-hmm. though we have like our home study, yeah. you have to have an annual home study uh-huh. done and they just like check to make sure there's food and make sure there's beds for... You have to have like a room. You, you have to have a room for that? Yeah. Well, not for... I think it's a zero yeah. to three mm-hmm. or two years, 11 months. They can stay in the room with you and oh. then they have to go into another room. I and mean, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. my 17-month-old is still in the room with us. Yeah. No judgment. So Bella came to us and... It was such a beautiful spring day (laughs) and she was such a sweet baby, but like Jess said earlier, she really had a hard time connecting and even if she couldn't sit up, Mm. she, we did like belly time with her and she absolutely, I, I know that like a lot of babies hate it, but a lot, but she absolutely hated it, but she really just didn't have any like grasp motor or skills. motor like, skills. Yeah. She literally every single meal for over a year and a half was a fight. Yeah. And just like sw- getting her to swallow. All she wanted to do was to drink milk and she had a, an allergy. And so oh. she, when Which she came to us, she know. was on soy milk. Well, right. we, didn't we didn't know. know. We had to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But we ended she up switching her up. to cow's milk. Yeah. Yep. So she, mm-hmm. or not cow's milk, up. goat's milk. Yeah. And every time that we would try like oatmeal, you know, the soft baby oatmeal, she would gag. Mm. And so it was, and then she was 13 pounds. We're trying to get her yeah, yeah. Trying to get her out up, of zero to three onesie, three yeah. month onesies and trying to get her to hold some food down. And then on top of that, trying to get her early intervention services, which we were pretty sure she needed OT, occupational therapy, and physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And thankfully for Jess for really understanding that system and literally not taking no for an answer. How long did it take us? Were they saying you didn't qualify for services? We couldn't get an answer. We we literally couldn't get someone to come to our house and evaluate her. So much red tape. That's by the way, I hear that in the public school system too. Not just in in foster care. People who think their kid needs services and you have to get that covered. You have to be so diligent. And I I know other parents who've been like, just won't, like they get a no diagnosis and they say, no, you will give my kid services in that way. So in Belle's case, the pediatrician was just like, I don't understand this. The previous home she was in, there was no motoric development happening. She really needed as much help as possible. So I don't know why she wasn't evaluated sooner. Yeah. Yeah. It's just strange that she was eight months old and yeah. Not doing any of these things. Yeah. Yet. So only drinking milk. That was it. Right. Well, that's um, probably why. It's one of the reasons she wasn't putting weight on. She was only drinking milk. Well, we found out too that she was pretty much um, put, I guess, in one of these swings. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess oh. in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the jumpers? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, Jesus. They're not supposed to be in of, that young, though. Or some kind of swing or something. Yeah. But they said that she was. The bottle was propped up around her with blankets. Oh. She was held very rarely. Oh, so, so, or so we were told. So she just didn't have any of the, the motor development. 
So we started watching her and noticed that she had a weakness on the right side of her body. Mm-hmm. So then we really pushed it and we told the pediatrician and she said, yeah, let's let's try all these things. Amazing pediatrician who, which we found out happens with the kids who are in care. They see pediatricians who are a part of the foster agency. Oh. It's very cool. I mean, it's really amazing. They have their own set of dentists and pediatricians. Oh, that's and, nice to know. That's yeah, like a that great support system. That are in the know mm-hmm. about yeah. the foster, about their, their particular Possible issues, I would yeah. assume. Right. Yeah. I guess, and they share like the same kind of like database or files so mm. they know everything that's happening, oh. all the visits that happen. It's, it's pretty That is amazing. like the best communication yeah. in foster care, I think, is that aspect of I it. I never thought of that every medical about that because otherwise, that. they should. every house they went to, they would go see a new yeah, different right, doctor, a new doctor yeah. who has no history of... Right. Yeah. And I imagine oh. the amount of files that would get lost. That's, yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, so it's amazing, especially in the system where they go through so many case planners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's nice that they, the doctors are pretty much the same people that they see or the nurse practitioners. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, she basically pushed it forward and she said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of concerned. I'm wondering if she had a stroke while in utero. <gasps> oh. I know. And so we we're like, what? Well, then maybe we can- I don't know if yeah. that's possible. I know, yeah. yeah. Well, apparently it is. I called up EI and said, hey, so they think the baby may have cerebral palsy caused from a stroke while in utero immediately they came immediately Uh, after that but it was after like six months of sending back and forth questionnaires and surveys to uh, ei and then finally it came through but we we had to be diligent yeah you have to you know like you just want your baby to be helped yeah and i think that's the thing too about having gays as parents as foster parents I mean, we, we're used to fighting, right? right we're used right, to sure. fighting yeah. for the things mm-hmm. that we need and fighting for our families and fighting for recognition and right. visibility and all of those things, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To move out from the margins. So I think that's another reason why it's really important for the gays, the gays. to foster. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it really is because we, is we fight and advocate more than maybe, yeah. you know, I don't want to say the average um, non-traditional traditional folk. yeah the regular <laughs> those cisgender yeah, yeah exactly so those you heteros got, got care for her at that point yeah so we got care we ended up with two incredible providers an occupational therapist and a physical therapist amazing and we're still friends with them we're still friends with them mm-hmm. they are truly incredible humans and she received the care basically the entire time that she was with us so she ended up staying with us for just shy of two years. Oh. We went on trips. We went to Maine. We went to Vermont. We actually were asking her mom if we could go to Europe mm-hmm. with her. And we had just about got a yes. And oh. so we were so excited. We were going to get her a passport. And we and were, she was thriving now. She was yeah, thriving. She was. she was walking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was Jumping. jumping. I mean, I know those sound like little things, no, but when you get those all. early intervention goals yeah. where it's something like, I mean, when we look at the videos of her now and we say, oh my gosh, look at how she was holding the spoon and she right. was turning mm-hmm. and her wrist. It's amazing. She, she literally never crawled. She did a one-arm scoot. Yeah. <laughs> she, she did. It was she like never, the other arm was a little weak. Yeah. yeah. So she, she never crawled. But throughout the time, I kind of jumped ahead, throughout the time that she was with us, the goal changed from return to parent to adoption. Sure. And that's the goal for you or that was that's the her goal permanency f- goal. Oh, okay. So yep. that's like what the agency sets well, up or right. what the while she was with us. Yeah, while so she was with us. They kind of monitor you mm-hmm. have to have these meetings every few months 
to see how the kiddo's doing, how they're doing in the placement with you, how they're achieving goals and all of that other good mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And how the parent is doing. And if they see that they're not making progress within a certain amount of time, we've been told that if it's like 15 to 22 months, mm-hmm. they do they start the process of terminating parental rights. And that comes and to the court. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so the family treatment conferences are what happen every, I think, every six months. Yeah. And then there's permanency hearings that happen in Brooklyn Family Court. And so we ended up going to a permanency hearing or her Bell's caseworker and her attorney, because Bella has her own attorney, Mm -hmm. they went and made a case that mom wasn't making as much progress as she needed to. And so they started the process of terminating her rights and also changed the goal to adoption. Mm -hmm. And the mom knows this. Yes. She may not like it, but she knows that's what's happening. Yes. Right. And So, so we always tried to make sure to say, Look, we we want to maintain this relationship. You know, this is not about us keeping Belle for ourselves. You know, we we want we we'll know open. how important, right? Yeah. It's so important that she knows the full scope of everyone in her family, mm-hmm. right? And like really, truly being open to that, knowing that that could mean anything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But still being willing to take that because ultimately, she's who brought the reason that Bella came yeah. into our right. lives. Right. 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 But so. you're, you want to adopt her. Yeah. Yes. That's what you want to happen. Yeah. We think yeah. it's the safest place for her to be. And I mean, we just adore her. We love her. She's our, she's our baby. So, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. So fast forward again, February 14th, 2017, we got a call and Sorry, 18. It was 2018, yeah. yeah. Of, last, of last, last year, February. last yeah. February. Yeah. Of 2018, we got a call and they said, basically, ACS failed to prove neglect. On the initial charge. On the first charge, like when Bell entered when the they system, took, oh. they failed to prove neglect. Not not saying that there, there was no neglect, they just failed to prove it. And therefore, every single thing that happened after that day didn't matter. Didn't matter. You started all over again. So they said, Bella's probably leaving tomorrow to go back to her mom. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Did the mom get a lawyer? The mom had a lawyer. She Oddly enough, the lawyer who filed the petition for everything to be overturned, she apparently she fired him. So it was odd because it took so long through the court's for it to come through. And it turns out that the lawyer that she had at that moment wasn't even the one who filed the petition. Mm, um, yeah. But yeah, she she had some pretty hardworking lawyers. Mm. So the agency, who I have to say was incredible throughout those 48 hours, yeah. they tried to file along with Bella's attorney because Bella's attorney wanted Bella to be adopted yeah. because she's looking for, in her mind, best Bella's best interest. Mm-hmm. Right. So they filed a petition to stay, which just basically would mean that Bella could stay with us until they had a chance to retry the tr- initial charges. I mm-hmm. think that's my understanding of yeah, it, more that, or less. Yeah, and she still too. hasn't met the, the level of what would be acceptable, but no. that doesn't matter because there's no they proof have to of neglect. Right. Yeah, right. so because... On that charge, when it got dismissed, no judge dissented. They all agreed that it wasn't, yeah. And that, so basically they said no. And so on the day after, on the 16th, Bella left us in the morning. And it was like, 
How that's terrible. Yeah. Right? And it was, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that we have our feelings and our trauma and our sadness and our grief. But really, the thing that really gets us is thinking about hers and I mean, yeah. you the, were the loss only that she, she suffered. Yeah. So, and literally, we packed up every single thing that we could of hers because we didn't know what was going to happen. And we spoke to her one time on the phone about two days later. And But we haven't seen or spoken to her ex- other than that because her mom doesn't want us to be there for right. whatever reason. Yeah. Are you able to keep tabs on her through the agency? No. So once, in a usual case, what would happen is, since reunification is the goal, it would be like a kind of like a weaning off process. Yeah. So that they spend like one day with a parent, mm-hmm. then two days, and then like a, a, a whole weekend, Friday to Monday, or, you know, on and on. Um, but because the charge was overturned, Everything was immediate, and it was as Ugh. if it didn't happen. So there are no no tabs kept on her legally. the The agency was amazing because they really tried to offer every kind of transitional service that they normally offer parents. I think it's like for a year or two they offer transitional services after unification to really support that process, so that the to support the birth mother, right? Mm-hmm. So that the kiddo doesn't end up back in care, but. Bella's mom refused everything. Right, and she doesn't have to take and it. And she didn't have yeah, to. Yeah, because again, there was right. no and neglect. And how old is Bella ish. now? She's three. She went to a, a facility, so we weren't expecting that. She went to a rehab. Yeah. it was. It's like a mama and me uh-huh. rehab. So, yeah. So if you can't keep tabs on her, how do you know there's a possibility you could be re- reunited? Or is that just like you're just putting this out to the universe? Well, it's a combination of kind of like, I guess, statistics and us putting it out into the universe just in case. But I mean, how would you like ACS, like, let's say, yeah, God forbid they have to take her out or I don't know, maybe that's the good thing we're wishing for at this point. They have to take her out. Right. How do you know ACS would place her with you? We don't even know if ACS will place her with the same agency. Right. Right. But the chances are if they see that she was with Graham they will ask Graham if they would take her again. Mm-hmm. Can you keep checking in with ACS? Bella's attorney is absolutely phenomenal. And so she knows she to knows kind of have oh. like- And so she's keep, still representing Bella. To keep, right. And if Bella comes back into the system, she would represent her right. again. And so that would be the key. I think that Bella's attorney is the key to all of this. Right. Uh-huh. So you're putting this out of the universe, but you- you can't live in that space, like emotionally, right? You, how do you where are how you? Do you? Like, how are you? Now? Yeah, you therapy. Yeah, <laughs> we all need therapy. therapy. You know? like right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I was choking up. I couldn't even like talk for a little while there because I don't know how you. My move. jaw hurts because I'm so stressed out for you right now. I don't right know now. how yeah. you move forward with this, and I think you're both incredibly strong, resilient people. We're, <laughs> we're really not. I mean, if you saw us just a, a few months ago. We literally just made the decision to say, okay, look, for we lived like a year of hell, basically. And <laughs> unless people go through it, they really don't understand. So, so many mm-hmm. people are saying, you'll foster again, yeah. or don't ever do this again. You're like, none of that's helpful to me. Right, right, right. Or come on, why don't you just have a baby? Come on, uh. or why don't you guys just adopt? Because people really don't know how expensive adoption yeah. is. 
you know, people just want to help so much and mm-hmm. say the right thing and right. not see us in pain. But really, it's it's such a painful process. It would have been, as we've said, because you really have to be aware that unification is the goal, right, primarily. Yeah. So we, we didn't go into it thinking that um, a miracle would happen, you know, and they would say, you get a baby and you get a baby. And you. We knew that there was going to come a time when they, they would probably. They warn you. Right. They, they tell you. have to have thick skin. Yeah. Because. They say, love this baby like she's her, she's yours, but know that she isn't. Yeah. So Sheila talked about that, um, about how they changed the name from, or want to change the name from foster care to a resource parent. Because right. to try to help. But I can't imagine that makes a big difference. It's still someone took a baby. Right. And I, I think... Again, I really feel like it's because the system is so focused on the birth parents. Mm-hmm. So, and and honestly, we do we do believe in this yeah. idea that we're supposed to be a resource, a network of support for the birth parents, especially once a kiddo's been with us. Why not? I mean, so yeah. that you don't end up in the same situation that you were in before. So let's continue having a communication mm-hmm. and stay involved in each other's lives, especially because your kiddo is with us for however many years or even months. So we understand that idea of use this as a resource. You want to go out? We even said this to Bella's mom. We were sending her text messages. We hey, sure you want to go out on dates? Call us <laughs> and we'll we'll babysit. You want to hang out with your friends? Call us, we'll babysit. Does she respond to you? No, she did in the beginning, but after a while she was just like, listen, I know what to do. You don't need to right. help. Yeah. I can I can understand, if I put myself in her shoes, yeah. I, can, I can see that. Yeah. It's not a fun truth to to realize or think about. Right. So we actually ended up hiring an attorney, not to like fight for custody, but we just wanted to see Bella. Mm-hmm. And so know that- she was okay because to, there were no tabs on her. To know that. she was yeah. okay. Yeah. And also to let her know that she wasn't abandoned. Right. And yeah. that right. the people that love her and said that they loved her every day, multiple times a day, <laughs> they were still there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we ended up in like, probably like an eight month long court situation and just going back and forth, literally just for visitation, just trying to to say, Hey, can we see her like once a month and Mm -hmm. just let her know, you know, the same type of thing. But that ended up, we actually ended up having to withdraw the petition. Because if that would be a precedent setting case, wouldn't it? It would absolutely. (sighs) Because has that ever been granted? No, it's been tried it's, if, a if couple it's kinship, times. Yes, but not if it's just a foster, right? A third party, as they say. Yeah, yeah. just because foster parents have no rights, right. right? Yeah, and after they've had a child in their home for a year, they they gain some rights, but you know, just the fact that Bell left us, we we had no rights. But it was interesting because we've been doing a lot of research. So, you know, all of this trauma and grief, we, in 2018, our motto was that 2018, a lot of things happened to us. And so we decided it's not the best grammatical phrase, (laughs) but we decided that we were going to happen to 2019. Uh And so rather than waiting for stuff to come at us, we were going to go at things Uh and so we have been. I mean, we've we've been really busy. Not to say that we've accomplished a lot, but we just being able to be in that mindset, get through a day without crying. Yeah, that was a huge accomplishment. Yeah, because we we literally told ourselves, okay, once we give up this, we withdraw this petition. We're not necessarily 
giving it up, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. But we're legally, we're saying, okay, we're just going to have to say to the universe, if she has, if we have not received a call from Graham, mm-hmm. then that means she's okay, right? Yep. Because the truth of the matter is when we get a call, that's when we know something bad happened. Right, right. right. So we don't ever want to wish something bad to happen to her. It's such, such a weird oh, place to be in, right? right? Yeah. So we just have to say, you know what? We didn't get any calls today. So that means that Belle is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That means she's she may not have, you know, everything. She may not have gymnastics anymore, OT and PT, but you know what? She's okay. That means her mom is really trying. Her mom yeah. is doing her best that she can do. The positive spin on a not so positive situation. Yeah. Well, <sighs> and and we don't want to deter any of your listeners. Well, we're going to come to a positive side of yeah. this. There's always a silver lining. Yeah, always. I feel like you guys find it somehow, no matter what. We We're we trying. still laugh a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do. We we make each other laugh a lot. Suki makes us laugh. And we just Oh yeah, Suki's in this whole situation as yeah. well. So she had to deal with yeah. losing a sister. Yeah. Um, yeah. What yeah. what advice would you give to I mean, besides you know that you mentioned that that we need more LGBTQ parents, like foster parents, resource parents, whatever right. you want to call it. Um, what advice would you give to uh folks who are standing outside the fair like you two once were. <laughs> One would be, this is kind of like the boundary limit. Know your limits and really be aware of them. And don't be afraid to say when you've reached your limit. Yeah, mm-hmm. good um, But on a positive front, you never know how much love that you can be filled with just by having a kid literally pop into your life Mm. out of nowhere. Yeah. And it really, the amount of love that I have for Bella, it just, I can't even explain it. I will always love her. If we never get to see her again, it just, I want her to always know that she's loved. And so just, Mm. it really, foster care really is full of love. and, And you get to see kids who have challenges that I could never even dream of yeah. having and they overcome them. And they're I mean, so resilient. And they're so resilient. And I know. That is such an like incredibly profound thing to see. Yeah. And, you know, people would always say that Bella was lucky to have us and that would really make us crazy. Yeah. Because we're like, no, we, and this is like not meant to be corny, but like mm-hmm. truly, yeah, we were the lucky ones it's because really true. we got to be blessed by her. Yeah you know, energy and her love and her giggles and her hair pulls and <laughs> yeah. whatever she felt like doing. Yeah, it's really true. And I feel like that's true of any kid who goes into your home, even if the kiddo's not the right fit for your family, you learn so much about yourself mm-hmm. as a parent mm-hmm. and as a human being. And to see that this little person, whatever age, has gone through so much more than you could probably even imagine Mm, and that they're still walking and talking and willing to love someone is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I think the advice I would give is the idea of trying to reach out to others because we really do try to maintain great relationships with as many people with positive attitudes at the agency as possible. Mm. I mean, I've run down hallways saying, excuse me, excuse me, are you a foster parent? Yeah. I mean, we, we really, we've connected with people that way, Yeah, have made really great friendships with other foster parents. It's so important to try to not do it on your own. Mm. We're, we're really amazed by people who do it as single parents. 
We're yeah. amazed because it's so much. So if you are a single uh, parent, just really try to reach out to other people. It's really important. Build really, your community. Yeah. yeah, it's really important to be able to talk with people and be surrounded by people who literally may have gone through the same thing just yeah. months before you right. and they get it in a way that other people might not understand right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's hard to empathize if you've never been through it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think the two of you have shown yeah, up and yeah, like, I, I mean, you've, you're so sweet. We just met you and you're showing all of this empathy. Crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you're making a mess over there. Yeah, I did have a Kleenex. Clearly <laughs> um, it didn't happen to you, James. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's, I think people really do try. It's just really hard to, for someone who hasn't been in it to give advice on what to do next. Right. Yeah. Right. Or how to pick yourself up and, and keep going. You're going to re and I'm putting this out into the universe for you guys. You're going to go, you're going to fucking rejuvenate the shit out of yourself (laughs) in like a more positive, less swearing way. And you're going to come back and no swearing. Yeah. Yeah, Let's do it. Let's, let's do it with the swearing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. I said bitch. that. Do that 2019, bitch. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, beauty. I just, I, I thank you guys for sharing yes. your story because- oh, Thanks I, so much for having like, us, really. There has thank to be other coming. people who now don't feel so alone because yes. you shared that story. We hope so. And yeah, if that's truly. true, we hope we meet them. We mm-hmm. don't know any other- Well, listen, we're going to- Besides the ones in Seattle, our friends in yeah, Seattle. Right. When we put this- out there we will put your social media handles and people should feel free to you know we'll yeah. tag you everywhere yeah. and anywhere and people sh- or people could also reach out they to us reach out to at ovaries talk okay. at gmail.com and, we'll and we actually you. do get a lot of people more and more so lately mm-hmm. who are writing in and oh wow, that's that would be yeah. amazing so we'll connect yeah. you thanks for for letting the the laughs come out too because i know it was so heavy and <laughs> that's how yeah. we do so thank you so much really yeah yeah it was really nice Oh, oh, that was whew. wow! That was a roller coaster. Yeah, I'm getting that baby back for them, though. I'm telling you, I know you, you are. You are that baby on back a them. mission. I'm starting Google Docs <sighs> right now, and I'm getting that baby back. Oh, it's such a tough situation. It really it's is such a tough situation. I can't, I can't imagine losing my baby. Um, but you know what I think is really excited is they didn't talk about it here, but we talked about it with them after they left. They want to become activists mm-hmm. and they they were talking about this a uh, Belgium and how they have this system where foster parents can retain some visitation rights mm. and they want to work on that toward a system here. And I think I I just think it's great that they're going to take their break and come back mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're not they're not quitting. No, they're working it out for themselves. Yeah, they're that. working it out. And they're lovely, lovely People. Lovely ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay. On another note. Three weeks to our live three show. Three weeks, people. Come I can't believe us. you haven't bought the ticket yet. You should have bought it as soon June as we said it earlier. At the Green Space. Tickets are at ovariestalk.com. Go get those tickets. Yeah. Feel free to reach out like our friend James did in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. You can email us at ovariestalk at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can Instagram us at ovaries underscore talk. And that we are on the Facebook uh, if these ovaries could talk. And There's Twitter so, at Overeaters. So many talk. places to get. So touch many. With us. I feel like we have to just Probably add like more. Too many. We're gonna have to get Snapchat and no, get up with the kids. No, I don't even understand how that Slack. works. No, just say no. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, and thank you to our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp. Jamie's gonna get some better help. I am. And she's gonna be better. I need help. I need a lot of help. I need so much help. Right, God. Jamie, don't you guys need help? Let's say goodbye. And go get some help. <laughs> but in the form of a margarita.
I'm just kidding. Eggs. That was British. <laughs> British eggs, ovaries, out. Eggs, ovaries, out.